We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. Hi, this is Robert Fukui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability Podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. And today's topic is around chief counsel and who your chief counsel should be in your business. And today I'm privileged to have as my guest the beautiful, the lovely, the talented, the funny, my wife, Kaylee Fukui. <laughs> so Kaylee's in studio with us as my guest. Kaylee, say hi. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so, so we're thought we'd mix it up a little bit today, and um, it's, and uh, there's a real there is reason why I have her as my guest, not just because she's my wife, but she's also very, uh, very smart, and also grew up in a family business, which is very applicable to I know a lot of the listeners out there. Um, and so when we say uh, in studio, we're kind of laughing because it's basically the home office is right down the hall from our bedroom. <laughs> so how do you like the studio, honey? Oh, it's marvelous. <laughs> okay. So, so Kaylee's laughing. She's blushing right now. Uh, but I know she's going to do a great job. Um, and she's got she's got a lot of great wisdom to share. So, so Kaylee, thanks for volunteering <laughs> to do this, right? Correct. Thank you for having me. Okay. And we're fresh off a of vacation from Hawaii, uh, 11 days in Maui and the Big Island. So we're well rested and had a great time. Huh? How, how's the vacation, honey? Aloha. It was fabulous. <laughs> so, I want to go back. Yeah, we're all ready to go back. And um, so we're so we're ready to tackle this, uh, you know, this Christmas season and to do this podcast because we're already all well rested, right, from the vacation? Yes. All right. So, um, Kaylee, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little about yourself and kind of where you grew up and everything? I'm from Ventura County. I grew up in Camarillo and I uh, grew up riding horses, which I still love to do till this day. And um, I had a family business. It went to... Uh, school in Camarillo, um, high school was fun. I One of my fond memories was I had my Camaro in high school, which I really liked that car, and um, grew up working, hanging out with the family business, and then working when we I was probably about 14, came back from a family vacation, and my dad said, guess what? You're going to work. <laughs> How old were you? When we get back. I was 14. 14, okay, 14, so there's there's a probably uh, child labor law somewhere. <laughs> but uh, so at 14, he put you to work in the family business? Yep, at 14. And I don't know if there's any child labor law when you have your own business. So, <laughs> so, so what were you doing? Oh, he had me answering the phone, waiting on customers, just about anything and everything that needed to be done. All right, so I put you to work. And so how that, what did that teach you? It taught me, I think, how to be more social and outgoing because I was uh, a lot more quiet than I was before. Because when you have clients, customers coming in, you have to learn to say hi, have a conversation with people, see how um, you can best serve them. Wow, so you are quiet back then, huh? I'm more quiet than I am now. Because <laughs> these days I can, we can walk into a store or Starbucks or whatever and she's... 
she's chatting everybody up. So um, where I'm the one that's that doesn't say much, right? So, so it's hard to believe that you weren't like that before. So, so this is kind of little... had to learn to be that way. <laughs> so, so for those of you listening, uh, this is, you're also kind of listening into a kind of counseling session too for us. Uh, anyways, um, so at 14, how long did you work in the family business? Because eventually you went to this college and all that. So I worked until I graduated from high school. And then after a period of time, you went back. You right. worked back with that. So, so what were the differences? Um, you know, when you came back to the family business, and how old were you then when you returned to the family business? Oh, I was probably about twenty-two. Okay, so there's about a what, just a few-year gap then. Okay, and because I worked on and off through some of my um, going to college as well to put myself through. Okay, and then what? Uh, so what? Or some of the, I guess, the good things about having family business and also some of the challenging things that you saw? Some of the good things was um, the flexibility that you're able to work your own schedule, but at the same time that can be challenging because it's not an 8-to-5 job and it's not a Monday through uh, Friday job. Worked weekends, Saturdays, so that's challenging. You know, you want everyone's off having fun and playing and you're working uh, some of the other challenges is uh, being an entrepreneur, you want to do everything yourself and you really have a hard time outsourcing things to get outside counsel because um, either you don't want to spend the money or you're not sure where the money's going to come from. So you kind of stretch yourself pretty thin trying to do it all. Okay, so where are some lessons learned from that? Yeah, the lessons learned were... Um, I think probably to take more time off as a family because usually I would be the one working and everybody else in the family, if there was an occasion, they would go do it without me. So um, I think the lesson learned is that we probably should have hired and brought some other more help in so that we all could have taken off together on a trip or a celebration. Yeah, so that must be challenging when somebody's got to be left behind, right? Yeah, it's really challenging because everyone else is out having fun or playing and you're working. So this is this is a good lesson to talk about or a good topic to talk about because a lot of entrepreneurs out there, whether they're keeping a family member behind working while they go off or sometimes they're just working through themselves and they don't take time off. So basically you're, you were saying that just taking more time off, period, um, as the entrepreneur themselves or definitely as a family unit and not to have just one of the family members are working and everybody else going out have fun. So how would you suggest being able to do that? Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs out there are thinking, well, you know, we just got to work and that's how it is. We have a family business. Um, they don't maybe can't trust somebody to bring in to, to fill, fill in when they're going off on vacation or even having a family emergency. What, what do you, what would you suggest for that? I think um, hiring the right people, for the right position as opposed to you just need someone so you hire them and being able to train people in such a way so that you can go and at the same time being able to relinquish and let go of that control so that you yourself can go on your vacation or in my case that I would have been able to go on the celebrations just because we had other people trained and my family trusted them. Yeah, so trust, what you said there at the end, trust is a huge issue. I think a lot of times entrepreneurs don't trust um, their people to do the right thing. So it's really a matter of 
empowering them from the beginning, training them from the beginning to be able to do that, right? Correct. And then at some point, you just have to trust them and go because uh, I think that's the key thing. It's, you know, I think a lot of times entrepreneurs, they feel they have the right person for the job to, to take over when they're gone, but to actually do it is another thing. And so they just have, I think the, the business owner just has to just eat it and just go and just trust that person that they trained them, even if they don't feel they're perfectly equipped. I think it's a perfection issue that they might struggle with. Correct. I think um, as entrepreneurs, you can be a little uh, controlling in the sense you don't think anybody else can do as good a job as you can or only you can do it. And sometimes it has hindrances in either letting go or training people and trusting them that you have hired the right person for the for the position so that um, you believe and trust them and can take time off with your family as well so that you're not always the one tied down. Yeah, and so, you know, in, in fact, we, we just had a, a client recently, probably just about, what, two, three months ago, they had a family emergency and they had to leave because their daughter was in the hospital in a different state. Um, and they just so happened but two weeks prior because we already had a discussion with them about putting the right people in the, in the right position in the business that when they did have the family emergency and they had to leave, they had to trust uh, one of their uh, employees to keep running the business. You remember that? Yes, I remember that. And things worked out great. They said business was doing well. They not more than held their own. In fact, the business grew a little bit while they're gone. Correct. And I think also, too, they had the right people hired in the positions, as I said before, because sometimes you just need someone and you just get a body to fill that position and it's not necessarily a fit. Yeah. And so I don't know if you recall what happened when when the business owner, um, they had all the, they didn't have to hire new people. They just had to reposition people into the right spot. So when they did end up having to leave unexpectedly, um, the right person would end up being able to, to manage the business. So it was rather a matter of uh, sometimes you don't think a certain employee can manage a business because maybe that's not the right person, but maybe there's another employee that's doing a different duty that's probably more well-suited. And so that's what she did was she started to interview all the employees again to find out what their passions were, what their giftings were, really what they wanted to do in the business and really what drove them uh, that gave the employee satisfaction and what type of job. And so by identifying where everyone's gifting was, she repositioned the employees, and it just so happened. Then two weeks later, they had this—you know, obviously this big accident that happened. They had to leave, and fortunately, they had repositioned people into the right spot um, at the right. And the timing was 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 great. Um, you anything to say about that? And I'm sure it meant a lot to the daughter that was in the car accident um, for the in the hospital for quite a while because the whole family was able to rally around her as opposed to, you know, dad having to work or mom can't come. And so they're all together at the same time with with her. And I'm sure that meant a lot as opposed to pulling the family members in different directions. It brought them together. Yeah, that was, that was a huge thing. And, and we felt blessed to be a part of that because we, had, we were counseling them about repositioning people in the right spot. Which leads to kind of one of the main topics I wanted to talk about um, today was about chief counsel. Who's your chief counsel? And a lot of times we're talking about either a consultant or we're talking about a, a VP or, or someone on the outside. But as a family business, especially when you're married, your, your chief counsel 
really should be your spouse. And in this case, this example we just gave of this client, um, the wife was working in the business, but not taking an active role in leadership. It was her husband that started the business, knew the business, you know, on the technical side of it, and she was just helping out in some of the administrative roles. But when we came across with her, we really encouraged her to step up into more of a leadership role. And fortunately, her husband was, was willing to do, do, do a lot of that, and she was stepping into that. So what do you have to say about that? Because you know, you know Karen and, the, and their business well. Well, I know it. Um, marriage is important to us as well, and I know that it really enhanced their marriage because it meant a lot to her that he trusted her to make decisions. And in the beginning, she um, stepped out, wanted to learn more about the business, but she ended up really liking it. Kind of, um, she got more involved than she normally had and ended up finding parts that she really liked. And her husband was really glad about that because that was things that wasn't his passion. And so he gladly gave that over to her and she just fell in love with some of those as aspects of it. And um, it brought them closer because she kept telling me, oh my gosh, I'm so happy that my husband trusts me. He just turned this over to me. And um, I think it was a good fit for both of them because they were in their giftings more so. Yeah, and she, you know, part of her gift was um, she was really the encourager, really much of an encourager of people. And, and in fact, I think we gave her that title <laughs> during our training course. And, you know, I don't think she saw herself doing this before we got uh, in, in connected with her. But really, that story about having her re interview all the employees and reposition them to the right spot really came out of her own passion of just naturally wanting to encourage people into their passions and what they want to do. And so it really fit well when we asked her to really find out what all the employees really, really want to do. So it was a natural thing for her. It wasn't like we told her to do something she wasn't comfortable with. She was already comfortable with doing something like that, but she never thought about doing that in her business. So even for us, as we counsel the clients, it's really about making sure they're doing the things that they love to do. So the, 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 the husband, the business owner, that wasn't the stuff that he wanted to do. And he wasn't necessarily gifted that, but she was. But if we didn't encourage her to do that, she would have never stepped into that role, right? Correct. And unfortunately, you know, in this case, her husband was, was willing to let her do that. But there's a lot of cases where the husband or the spouses don't really want the spouse to be involved with the business, per se, because they don't know the business, right? But even in Karen's, play, in Karen's situation, she didn't necessarily know the business. She didn't know the technical side of the business. But she knows people, right? And so it was still something that she could she could bring to the business as well as the financial side of it too, right? Yeah. So I don't know if you have anything to add about about that. So, no. Oh, well, if something hits you, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so if something hits you, go ahead and buzz in. But so I kind of want to switch gears a little bit um, in talking about you know sometimes their their spouses a lot of times their spouses that are not actively involved in the business. And so a lot of times they don't feel that they should speak up or maybe the the spouse the, the spouse that, that owns the business doesn't really want them involved. And, and so, you know, having your voice, even as a spouse is not actively involved in the business, having a voice in the business I think is very important, wouldn't you say? Yes, it is. <laughs> and certainly we've had, when I started my consulting business about five years ago, 
um, certainly I'm sure, honey, and I know we've talked about this before, that there's times, uh, decisions that I was making that probably you didn't agree with, but either you didn't say say it at the time or you weren't as strong, didn't share your voice as strongly as maybe you should have. Talk to me about that or talk to them, the, the, the audience about it, because we've already talked about this plenty. <laughs> okay. So um, I think of one situation comes to mind. Um, it was when we had a partner and I never really said anything about it because I guess I felt like I was never asked. And later now looking back on it, I don't know if I really needed to wait to be asked uh, to vocalize how I was feeling about it. And I didn't feel that comfortable with it. And it ended up, we dissolved it, which it all ended up going well because we had an exit strategy. So that went fine. So sometimes I want to be encouraging to my husband and positive, but at the same time, it's a fine line between when you see those red flags saying something and trying to be encouraging at the same time. Yeah, and certainly that wasn't the only time. Certainly there's a couple other uh, business or investment things that I got involved with that she didn't agree with. And one of the things, um, you know, I've kind of finally learned that I need to listen <laughs> to her because a lot of times, especially as men, we, we just, we're drivers. Uh, we look at the, the analytics, the data. Um, we just, we just want to get, go moving forward where my wife, uh, she just had a sense. She didn't feel right about something, whether it's about the business partner or whether it be another, about it, another investment opportunity or whatever. But a lot of times, especially women, they have more of a feeling as opposed to guys who are more of the analytical side and just the drivers and uh, looking at the features and the benefits and that sort of thing. But when the women have this feeling, um, I think more often than not, those feelings are right, even though if it doesn't make sense from the business side. I think for guys, it's got to make sense. And sometimes what the women are sensing doesn't make sense. It just doesn't feel right. And so what do you, what do you have to say about that? No, I totally agree with that. So, yeah, I think women can be, they can pick up on things and they can sense things and see red flags differently than men. And I think that's a good thing about the two of us is that we can come together with our ideas and brainstorm and come up with a plan. Yeah, and a lot of times, and I think she knows this now, is a lot of times I'll disagree with her in the beginning, and we'll have a discussion about it. <laughs> I'll disagree with it. Uh, but what she's learned, what I do, that even though I say no now, doesn't mean the conversation's over because I'm usually mulling it over for hours, days, sometimes weeks, and come back and go and think, you know what? I think she's right. Um, so, which means, which goes back to, or what I should say to, to all the men out there, is don't rush into a decision. I think a lot of times the bad the bad outcomes we've had in business a lot of times is because we rushed into a decision. And so listening to your wife because she has a feeling at least forces you to pause and really mull it over and really and really think through it because a lot of times what looks good in the beginning as you kind of mull over as you do your due diligence you'll uncover things that you didn't see on the outset because more we're, we're kind of sometimes we're more attracted to the shiny object the opportunity the money or whatever, the potential business opportunity, but we don't see some of the underlying issues that come into play that we don't see in the outset. But what happens is the women seem to sense those things. <laughs> Can't see it, but she senses it. And if we don't see it, we just 
think it's not there, but it's, it's you know, it's it's a good business opportunity. Sense of, and you can't necessarily put it into the the feelings into words, but you just know something's not right, or um, you're supposed to go a different direction. And that being said, we too, we also learned that we process the two of us really differently. So, um, so like, just because he, like he said, just because he said no, doesn't mean he's not going to think about it and vice versa. Yeah. So that learned the hard way. And, you know, sometimes it costs us money <laughs> to learn <laughs> the expensive lesson, but, but Hey, at least you learn. And so, you know, if any of you men out there who are married or well, even the wives that own the business and are married as well, you know, when you start to think back about the times that your spouse um, really wasn't, didn't feel right about a particular business deal or, or feel right about a particular situation in the business, how many times were they right versus wrong? And I think if you look back, you'll see that they're probably more right than wrong. But a lot of times we still keep pressing forward. And for some entrepreneurs, they don't, they don't learn these things quick enough. But for hopefully we all... We all can learn from our mistakes and, and really look back and say, look, especially as men, we have to, sometimes we have to suck up our ego and say, okay, even though our wife really doesn't know the business, but we do have to listen to that sense that they feel because they often prove to be right. And it can save you a lot of money or can even make you a lot of money. Um, just saving you money makes you a lot of money, right? <laughs> so, um so definitely, you know, just just really encourage the the entrepreneurs out there, and especially as spouses, even if they're not working the business, to really listen to them. So, what role do you feel that the spouse should have in the business, even if they're not actively involved? Especially speaking to the wives, since you can speak to them um, most directly. So, I think the wives should know what is going on in the business because. Um, you never know what life it has in store for you. And you want to know, you just want to be part of the decision-making process. And if something was to happen to your spouse and you need to step into that spot, you need to know what's going on. You might not be involved in the day-to-day, but, um, you know, you need to know where you're at financially. You don't want to have a wake up one day, something happened to your spouse and you're in debt. You're about ready to go bankrupt. You don't want to learn that way. Um you know, you guys can pray together. You can be a sounding board, you know, run things by her. You're hiring somebody. Uh, what do you think about this person? You know, just get her intake and things. And then possibly too, for the women, just taking more of an active role and finding something in the business that you like, an aspect of it. And even if you don't know that much about it, you can learn and grow. And, um, you might find something that you really like. It might be fulfilling. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, there's so many aspects to, to running a business. And there's probably something for anyone in a business. Because you're dealing with people. You're dealing with things. You're dealing with finances. You're dealing with marketing and sales issues. But you know, the bottom line is you're dealing with people, no matter if it's your employees, your customers, your vendors. And certainly we all have different ways to relate to people. And so regardless of what the spouse's expertise is or is not, there's usually a role that can potentially fit her. And it doesn't have to be, and I can understand that a lot of the wives don't want to be working eight hour, or, you know, eight hours a day or 40 hours a week, or whatever, and they don't have to, right? There's... Right, but we can always encourage our spouse 
We can pray for the business. We can know what some of the issues are that are going on so that we know how to pray and um, be discerning about it. Yeah, and especially, like like you said earlier, is you don't want the spouse to be in a situation that all of a sudden they inherit this business because the spouse passes away or, or just gets incapacitated in some form or fashion. And we've seen that happen. We've had friends that it's happened to, and we had you know another client that it almost happened to, but fortunately, they, you know, everyone, everyone survived. But the bottom line is, as long as you know something about the business on a continual basis, you don't have to be the expert in the business. You don't have to be working in it every day. But as you and your spouse are just living life, you should be talking sometimes about the business, right? Right. And, you know, it might be your spouse's baby, but at the same time, you need to know what's going on. Um, yeah, I mean, the spouse should know who the attorney is, who the CPA is, where all the documents are, you know, who are people they can trust in the business, right? I mean, those are all very important things because if some, uh, you know, God um, God forbid if something happens where the spouse has to get put into the business, they need to know who they can turn to and where everything is uh, so they can kind of continue writing the ship. Which brings to memory, you know, or to mind that people need to have an exit strategy because gosh forbid if something was to ever happen to the owner so that the other spouse that's alive knows how to put things in place and knows what was important and just what the plan is. Yeah. So what do you have to say to the, the spouse and the wife that says, oh, it's his business. I don't want to get involved. I don't want any part of it because we we hear that a lot. Right? heard that a lot. And uh, when uh, somebody comes to mind, she always said it was her husband's business, her husband's business. And I said, no, it's your business. And she goes, well, I don't work it, you know, it's just my husband. And I'm like, no, it's still your business. You guys are partners. You are a couple, married couple. And so they've had the business for, I don't know, probably 20-some-odd years. Well, situation arised, and um, they didn't have the finances to hire a person, and they needed, they had a lot of work to do because of um, just how things turned out. And so it ended up she went and helped him do um, take on the role of the administration to do all this work that he needed help with because he said there was no way he could afford to hire somebody. So she stepped in. She probably hadn't worked in 30 years. She stepped in and was able to help him and come alongside and um, help turn things around. So he says he wouldn't have been able to do it without her, and I think they wouldn't be able to do it without each other. So yeah. she found her voice and... She had no experience in that field. Like I said, she hadn't probably worked in 30, 40 years, but she was able to come alongside of him. Maybe not 40. She's not that old. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and turn things around. So I thought that was pretty exciting, and it built a lot of um, – it empowered her to know that it is her business and that she was able to step into that for, you know, the needed time. Yeah, it was a beautiful thing to see because I think in a sense, uh, in a lot of sense, I think it really strengthened their marriage because right. she really kind of just, you know, rolled up her sleeves and, and got in there. And uh, and, and she, he needed it. The business needed it. But, you know, more importantly, it was that it was someone that 
he could trust was his spouse, right? his wife. He could trust her. Right. And certainly she definitely um, rose to the challenge and it was a great, it was a really beautiful thing to watch. So any last words, honey, as we kind of sign out? I just want to encourage um, the women out there to just, um, even though it, you might not be an active part, just start asking questions and wanting to know what's going on and to um, see how you can encourage your business, your husband, how you can, um, you know, come up with creative ideas sometimes for the business. Just ask your spouse what you can do to help him or her because I'm sure that in itself would be a very encouraging. And you know what? You can never have too much prayer. So <laughs> ask what the prayer needs are and how you can pray. And, and um, yeah, the Lord will put on your heart um, how to discern and what to discern. All right. Well, honey, you did a great job. If, uh, you know, give us some positive feedback on our Facebook page or on the SoundCloud account. Uh, it's the first time she's done something like this. So she, did a, <laughs> she did a great job and I thought uh, had a lot of wisdom to share that hope for men and women, not just the women, but right. definitely for the men too, uh, for everyone involved, uh, you know, both spouses involved in, in the business. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks, honey, for joining me in the, in the studio here. You're welcome. Uh, if you all have any other business questions or topics that you'd like to hear about or hear more about, certainly go ahead and email me at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61businessdevelopment.com. Or go to the Facebook page, Purpose and Profitability. In fact, make sure you go on there and sign up because we're actually going to go live starting January 8th. We're going to record this thing live and you can watch and, and interact with us on Facebook Live starting on January 8th and ask questions um, right there if you want to or submit questions in advance like I've been asking you folks for. Um, so we definitely want to help you in your business. So definitely uh, sign up for the Facebook page, um, subscribe or subscribe to the, uh, the podcast. And then tune in next week as I share on, um, well, actually more about kind of, uh, kind of getting things kickstarted for 2018, how to start planning for 2018. So thank you again for listening. This is Robert Fukui. And remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit purposeandprofit.com.